going on? This is Rob here, just coming at you to explain what's happened this week. This week we're starting our first of hopefully very little filler episodes. Now you might ask what a filler episode is. Basically, for whatever reason, we couldn't get together and make the podcast. This week it was just scheduling conflicts, wasn't just in the cards. So we're going to reach back on our vault and just get something out to you guys. And while we know you love to hear our voices, you'll at least hear mine in the intro this week, and then Mike is going to have the bulk of this episode. But basically this is just going to be something that's not part of our main podcast. This comes from a, a YouTube video that Mike made and posted back near the, the start of the podcast. So once again, we don't want this to become a common thing. We appreciate all the listeners, and we just want to get something out to you guys. So with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed this unscripted rant by Mike, who talks about the canceling of the show, How I Met Your Father. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Peace out, toppers. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Top Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. Today we're trying a slightly different format. It's going to be just me talking about one topic instead of a top list and uh, digging a little deeper into it. And uh, this will also give us a good opportunity to test out the video format, see if this is something we like doing, if we're any good at it, if it's worth doing more with that now, or if that's something we'll wait for a little farther down the line. Um, but I saw I saw this morning that. The Hulu original How I Met Your Father was canceled after two seasons. And I have very mixed feelings about this. Uh, the show ran for 30 episodes, and for 29 of them, I said anything from this show isn't very good to this show should not be on the air. And then they aired the season finale for season two, and I went, they, they, they got it. They finally figured out how to do this show in a way that feels like How We Met Your Mother. And I'm excited to see if they can carry this into the third season. And then they got canceled. Now, the beginning of the show, it wasn't very good. It was mediocre at best. And I kind of, I was okay with that. Because if you look at all, most of the great sitcoms, they're not all How I Met Your Mother. They're all, all good immediately. The Office, Parks and Recreation, Seinfeld, uh, Friends. You know, Friends, one of the most beloved sitcoms of all time. First season, that's not, not the best. And... The writers needed time to figure out the characters and for them to grow into each other, grow into themselves. And uh, yeah, I was I was okay with it not being the best during season one uh, until I felt like they started trying to rush into some of the heavier emotional elements of the characters, and they didn't give the characters time to develop naturally and for their bonds to develop organically. If you take a show like Community, the first 10, 11 episodes of season one, it's just characters interacting with each other and that being established. And you learn, you learn the history of these characters, but you don't delve deep into what makes them tick. You learn about them on a surface level. You learn how they're interacting together as a group, in one-on-ones, and it just, 
it might not be as engaging as some of the later seasons, but it's very necessary. And it can be done well. Take Marshall and Lily from How I Met Your Mother. They're a freshly engaged couple, and they are going through adventures, plot lines that are very re-engaged couple, right? There's nothing earth-shattering about what they're doing, but slowly over the course of that season, spoilers for an almost 20-year-old TV show, you start to see the cracks in the relationship. You start to see how this perfect couple maybe isn't a perfect couple, and by the end of season... season one? Yeah, it's season one. By the end of season one, they break up, and they go their separate ways, and then we get to see each of them separately, and you really get to... You get to see the hurt, and you get to see the result of the hurt, and you get to see the growth, and it's organic, and it was well-paced. You take Sophie in season one, and we're just rushing in for me. have connected with this character on a basic level, and we're getting these these stories about her parents and, her, and not knowing her dad and how that's affected her, and that's that's all really interesting story pieces but it's too soon and I if I meet somebody and 30 minutes later they're they're dumping their, their life story and their trauma on me I'm sorry I don't want to necessarily come back the next week and hang out with this person because the, the relationship didn't grow organically and that just felt like what they did with most of the relationships. They rushed Sophie and Jesse together, and it felt... It didn't feel forced. It felt good, because the chemistry was there, but the relationship felt like it was on fast-forward, and they got there too fast, and it just it didn't work. Uh, so I think that was kind of an example of... How I Met Your Father, learning the wrong lesson from How I Met Your Mother. You can also look at caricatures of characters, right? If you take Barney, he's the famous caricature of a womanizer. Nobody is like that, and maybe people are like that. But your average person, even your average person who's going out looking for ladies, they're not Barney. And it, it gives him so much room to grow and develop, but part of what made Barney work was his, despite his persona as a ladies' man, someone who's going out and picking up a girl every night, you don't see Barney score on screen maybe for the entirety of the first season or well into the first season. He's portrayed as this ladies' man, but in reality, or at least what we can see, we see him getting shot down. And so you get this, this conflict between the character and the caricaturization, that's a word, right, of Barney and the reality of Barney. And that gives him tension as a character and it's, it's what makes him great. You take a character like Ellen, who already has so much to work with, right? This adopted, girl who's coming back into the city as an adult to reconnect with her estranged brother. Awesome storyline. And somehow 
Ellen is just boiled down to the stereotype of awkward, quirky Asian character. Which, even if we just move past how obnoxiously overdone that is, it's it's lazy and it just it it there's no at least in the first season, there's no I'm portrayed as this awkward fish out of water character, but in reality I'm something else. What we see is different from what we see played out is different from what we see portrayed. She's just weird and it doesn't work. And it's just it's a huge bummer. Um yeah, and it's, you know, it sucks because when you, by the time you got to the finale of season two, they had started to smooth these edges out. They were taking their time telling stories. They were letting us get to know these characters. Um, they fixed, I don't know if they fixed older Sophie for the final episode, but they at least reduced her presence, which in turn fixes her for the episode. Uh, that was another example of just a totally missed lesson. You take you take Bob Saget as old Ned. He's he's charming and he's maybe a little cynical and he he looks back on his younger self with a little bit of disdain. But that's okay because we we kind of all do that as we grow older. You know, I'm closing in on 30, and I look back at myself at 16, and I just shudder. You know, it's not it's not something that I want to be anymore. But you take old Sophie, and if anything, she might be worse than young Sophie. Young Sophie has life and energy, and she has flaws, but she's charming enough that she, you're willing to overlook them because you want to see this character grow. And when you take someone like Ted, who's maybe young and naive, and he wants to meet a woman in the worst way, and it seems like he's going to meet a woman in the worst way, it's okay, because we see old Ted, and he's matured, and it gives us the promise that Ted will get there eventually. It's very comforting as, a, as an audience member. Old Sophie sucks. She's bitter and just unpleasant and immature and selfish. And she has all of Sophie's flaws and then some. And you, you, instead of looking forward to seeing this character grow, you're, you're just, you get the ick. And it's not, it's not Kim Cattrall's fault, right? She... I think she did her best with what she was given. Uh, if you look at, I think, Will Smith and Margot Robbie in Suicide Squad. The, the bad one. I didn't see the second one, so I can't really speak to that. But I think they did the best possible job playing Deadshot and Harley Quinn and doing and saying the things that the script called for them to do and say. Like, if Harley Quinn were to say this this is exactly how she would say it. There's just an argument to be made that she would never say that. So it's not Margot Robbie's fault that the character wasn't the best. She did everything she could with a bad script. And I think Kim Cattrall did everything she could 
to deliver the script and the vision that the writers and the directors gave her, it was just a bad vision. And so, uh, having less of her in the last episode made it feel better. Uh, now, another thing the last episode did right was Drew and Valentina get together. And this is fantastic because you, you see Charlie and Valentina break up, and then you see them wanting to be together through the second season, but you have this this gap of one of them wants kids, the other does not want kids. And they're mature enough as characters to realize, or as people, to realize, hey, this probably isn't going to work. People out there assume the other person is going to change, and then they don't, and it ends in heartbreak, or unwanted children, which you just don't want to do that to a child, that's not cool, and and so they go, okay, we just, we won't be together. And Drew, who, side tangent, is the best character in the show, Drew, Josh Peck as Drew is phenomenal. Every time he's in an episode, he makes the episode better, and I think that's only maybe one or two percent Drake and Josh nostalgia. He's just fantastic. The character's well-written, he portrays him, just, he's so funny, and you, you feel it when he gets just dragged through the mud, and he's, he's a great character. And so when he gets with Valentina, and then you're told outright, this is not going to end well, but Valentina and Charlie wouldn't have gotten together if, and realized that mm, maybe that's not that good. You see Valentina and Charlie and their kids and everyone looks happy, so at least with what we're given, they realize that they could be together and maybe Charlie realizes that he does want kids. I don't know. This third season will never come out. We'll never see. But you're excited to watch this play out even though you know it's going to end poorly because you know there'll be a happy ending even if it's not for Drew because Drew just doesn't get happy endings. And so you just... I'm left with this feeling of disappointment that a show that at best earns 2 out of 10 stars is getting cancelled because it earned its cancellation. It was not good. And yet, for just a moment, we had a glimpse of what it could be and what it could have been might have been fantastic. We'll never know. Oh, um, hello. Didn't expect to see you here. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Top Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. If you enjoyed, leave us a like. If you didn't enjoy, leave us a dislike. It's all good. In the comments, let us know how the video section was. Is this something we should continue or uh, practice in private? Maybe get better at. Either way, hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Fucking weird, that's my fridge.